host, Michelle Prince, founder and CEO of Performance Publishing Group, making a difference one story at a time. We'll be shining the light on successful founders, entrepreneurs, business owners, and leaders that are getting results and making a difference. We'll talk about how they built their businesses, are creating movements, and leveraging the power of authority in their own lives. Be sure to stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest. Let's get started. Welcome back, everyone. This is Michelle Prince with the Power of Authority Spotlight. And I'm super excited to introduce you to our guest today, Erica James, because we were just talking. We have so much, I feel like, alignment. We have a lot in common, even down to our, our branding as the same colors. But uh, I love a woman that is uh, wanting to make other people better. And that's exactly what Erica does. She's the CEO of the Convergence Center, a training, consulting, and content creation firm, and the founder of The Alliance, a training and development organization for businesswomen. She's also the creator and the host of the Erica James Show, Life on Purpose, and she has done all kinds of other stuff too. So I'll let her give more of the backstory of that in just a minute. But welcome to the show, Erica. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad to be here, Michelle. So glad to be able to have this time together. I am <laughs> too. I am too. Because I love talking to other people. I, I share the same mission, and that is to help people to find their passion, live their purpose, tell their story, and ultimately make a difference. Yeah. And, and, and it sounds like that's what you do as well. So tell us a little bit more about what the Convergence Center is, the Alliance, and, and everything that you do. Absolutely. So the Convergence Center is kind of my umbrella organization. It's the training organization. It's where uh, I do corporate speaking, workshops, seminars, create content. That's kind of that leg of things. And then uh, the Alliance is actually a training organization for Christian businesswomen called to build big businesses that are interested in getting to high six and seven figure businesses. And that has been my baby for about 12 or 13 years where I was, uh, you know, really wanting to create a sequence training system. All of my training is really sequence. I believe in training uh, to get where we want to be. And so that's what those are. And, um, and then the show is all about, you know, getting clear about your purpose, like you said. And then, you know, it sounds like a lot, but I tell people I really only do one thing. I help you get clear about what you were created to do or who you were created to be and then build what you were created to do with that. Mm. And so, yeah, those are just the organizations I do the work through. Awesome. Let's yeah. dive in more to the Alliance. So uh, what kind of training are you doing? It, it sounds like getting first, getting clarity, helping them figure out their, their purpose and all, but what, what else what else do you do for these, these women? Are they business, they're business owners? So do you also help they, yeah, them with their business? Absolutely okay. entrepreneurs. And we're not the organization for someone trying to figure it out. Do I think I want to do business? Am I going to be a good entrepreneur? Typically, women have been in business um, for full-time two to three years. Uh, they often are solar, solo proprietors or uh, what we call specialists. They're still the one doing the client work. They're still the one you know, doing all the speaking training, et cetera. But they know God has placed something huge in them to build. And so we deal with um, leadership principles, the principles of understanding uh, the vision for your business, what you're, how you're wired to build your business, and then kingdom mindset, which is huge, all about authority and power, dominion in the marketplace. And then really, Michelle, we have an online learning center with 90 plus modules, and they are the practical tools of building your business, building a team. I mean, practical stuff, but what makes the alliance different is it sequence. Hmm. And so, you know how most networking events, you'll be like, oh, 
so-and-so's the guest speaker today and they're talking about this. Well, how do you know if your business is ready for that, given where you are? What are the next steps you need to grow and solidify your business and make it solid? So we've got four phases of our business model and each one has a mission where you want to check off those things. And then you graduate to the next one and it's based on your annual revenue, of course, getting you up to a six or seven figure business. So it is practical um, business stuff in the container of getting clear about your greatness and walking in it. Awesome. And you teach these trainings or are they just on, you said they're on demand as well, but do you also meet with them on a weekly basis, monthly basis? Yeah, we have live chapter meetings. Um, I've been doing the Alliance for 13 years. So we've got live chapter meetings right now in Raleigh and Durham, but the vision of the organization is to have a thousand chapters. And so we're just launching next week. uh, We're just launching the national chapter, which I have waited for the world to catch up with all of this time. Because women are always asking me all over the country, how can I get involved? Mm-hmm. And so we're launching the national chapter and our new online learning center to okay. really build that, be that library. I mean, everything from intellectual property, marketing, building your team. Mm-hmm. How do you scale? How do you get capital? Like for real, for real business mm-hmm. practical tools. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fascinating because when I look behind the hood of so many of our businesses, I call them that I just say they're, they're, we're duct taped together. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like we've got a great business card and a great website and all this stuff and we're great in person, but what's really going on under the hood? Mm. And, and how do we get out of overwhelm and really grow the business that has been placed within us to grow that's going to impact community, impact your whole legacy? And how do you do that with ease? And yeah. so, uh, yeah, and in your natural design. So that's what we explore. And so I do some of the training. We've got amazing women in the organization. We bring in guest speakers at certain events, um, but it's all sequenced. So people know, okay, wait a minute, that's great, but this is where my business is. And this is what I'm building in right now to get to that point. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Every business owner needs a community and, yes. and people that have been there before helping you to you know shorten that learning curve, avoid some of those pitfalls. So that's fantastic. So you're doing all kinds of things. And I know you're a CEO, a keynote speaker, um, trainer. And and one of your titles I'm curious, I want to talk more about is prophetic strategist. What exactly is a prophetic strategist? I think I know. Yeah. So uh, I've walked in the gift of the prophetic for years and I always kind of kept it on the ministry side of what I do. Yes. And gosh, probably about five years ago, Mm -hmm. I started bringing it to the forefront saying, okay, this is who you were created to be. This is how you've been wired. How do we create strategy around that? How do we align you up from where you are right now, close the gap and get you operating truly in your original design? Mm -hmm. And so it's not just the gift of the prophetic. And my real gift as a prophet is accessing people's books of life. It's really deep stuff because we came with instruction manuals and most of us can't access it. And so that's, I stand in that intercession as a prophet. I love doing it with business owners and people building organizations because there are literally scrolls in the heavenly realm with your name, your instruction, your art, you know, it's like the architectural structure has already been built, but most of us struggle at accessing it. And so that's that deep stuff that, that when you can line up with that, and then how do you create a plan to be who that person is that you were created to be? and then to build whatever you're called to create. So that's where the prophetic and the strategists come together. I love that. I love that. 
And you said books of life, which just caught my, you know, my attention because I, I don't know how much you know about my background, but I, I love helping people tell their stories and, yes. and, and get them out in books. But, but, you know, obviously to leverage that, build their authority. Um, but there, you know, as Christians, we have the same authority and, and that's how we share our, we have to share okay. our stories and, and all that. So you help them get clear on what that is, their purpose and all of that, their divine uh, plan for the life, yeah, for their life. I like to either call it like we came with a with a with a heavenly instruction book or a, a heavenly blueprint. It's just most of us don't know how to access it and we haven't had access to it. And so it okay. takes the mystery out of all of it. And then we get to remove all the other gunk and just build that thing. Yeah. You know, walk this thing out and be unstoppable. So okay, I love all this. This is great. <laughs> um <laughs> but how, how did you get here? Because I, I, I'm, I'm big on backstory and, and I know there was a journey I'm sure you went through to get here. So what is that journey? Well, first and foremost, I grew up in a successful entrepreneurial family. Ah, very good. And in my household, Michelle, if you could believe it, we could not say the word can't. Mm. It was not allowed. So if we had a sentence that we had the word can't in it, my parents would stop us and go, oh, no, 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 you can. <laughs> so let's remodel that. I mean, even as a four-year-old, I'm like, okay, what else is another word instead of can't, you know, because like, yes. we just, I mean, it was literally, there's no plan B, it's mm. plan A. And my parents modeled that and come to find out as we look back in my family line, we've, um, it was just in my blood to be an entrepreneur, to be a trailblazer uh, to the fourth and fifth generation on both parents' lines, which is spectacular as an African-American person in this country. Yes. In our history. And so- wow. Honestly, it was, it was bigger than me. It was in my blood. So I knew at the age of five how to put together a workshop training packet because my parents would have us at the office and they're like, no, it's all laid out. Go. And we could put, and put this on that side. And we just would go around and put these packets together. Uh, my father and mother built a multimillion dollar business. And I was from the age of five getting to watch that. Mm -hmm. And I hated it when I was a child because while my friends were like playing at the lake during the summer, I had to work at the office, but I think I was about 12 years old when I started to understand the power of entrepreneurship and that we can talk about, you know, changing people's lives, but until you can actually access the economic infrastructure, um, you're not going to see long-term change. So I started getting that without all the big words when I was about 12 and then just really wanted to build, but I had this like dichotomous existence. So inside my maiden name is Jackson. Inside the Jackson household, it was, you can do it. We're go-getters. Let's make it happen. It was normal to, you know, oh, mama's not home. Oh, turn on the TV. Oh, she's at the school board meeting. You know, oh, that's, that's yeah. where she is. So that was totally normal to me. But growing up in Lacey, Washington, as soon as I stepped across the threshold, particularly in elementary school, I was deeply bullied um, by my classmates. And so it was, uh, for me, learning to personally overcome fear was my first assignment and to be fearless in the face of it. And then I don't know how I knew to do it, but I decided about the age of six years old that I didn't want people to feel like I felt. And so when I look back in my little photo album my mom has, like I started getting most inspirational awards in T-ball. Oh my goodness. In T-ball. So I was like, I'm going to lead the cheers. I'm going to make everybody, you know, I want people to feel great. And I didn't have the language for it. I just wanted us to be excited. So it kind of all started then. And then when I was 12, coming out of elementary school, heading into middle school, my sister pulled me aside and she says, you know, you're really good with people. People really like you. 
um, in spite of all of the other gunk, um, you should run for office. Wow. And I remember being terrified going, I'm going to run for leadership, you know, office in front of the people that used to bully me. But I figured now was the best time because we were coming from elementary to middle school at the time in sixth grade and all the schools came together. I was like, well, everybody doesn't even know me. So I just get to reinvent myself. And I did that. I ran for vice president because I was too scared to run for president. (laughs) And I don't remember what I said, but I clearly remember getting a standing ovation from my classmates. And that's when I started to understand the power of words and the power of kindness and treating people, um, you know, treating people fairly Mm -hmm. because I had experienced the other side of that. And I didn't want people to feel the way I did. So I was very serious about not having cliques in our class. We were all going to know each other. We were all going to cheer each other on. And student leadership, between student leadership and sports, that's really what birthed all of this. And then when I was 18, I was like, I'm starting a business. And you started a business at 18. Well, I went to the Secretary of State's State's office in Washington State on my 18th birthday when everybody else was like partying and worrying about this. I was like, oh no, I'm finally old enough. And I came home that day with a piece of paper and I was like, daddy, I started a business. And I remember he said to me, he said, I'm so proud of you, but it takes a lot more than a piece of paper to build a successful business. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I want to know what that is. I want to learn. You know, I got to see the model in it. I got to see the work ethic, but really, how do you, how do you do that? So I've been fascinated with that. And then somewhere along the line, insanely got called into ministry. I was like, what's happening? But now it's all coming together and I'm so excited. Is that why it's, uh, your business is called the Convergence Center because you've converged it, it all. Tell, talk about that. So yeah, when I was, uh, literally digging, I went through, it took me about a year to name my business. I went through so many names when I was naming it. And I had a mentor at the time and I would bring him a name and he's like, oh, that's not it. And I'd bring him another name. He's like, oh, that's not it. That's not what you do. And at the time I was coaching and speaking. Long, okay. This is like 20 some years ago before new people knew what coaching was. Yeah. <laughs> and finally I said, I bring the parts of people together. I bring the heavenly realm into the earth realm. It is about mm-hmm. a convergence. And that's when I took it to him. He goes, now that's what you do. And that. so, yeah, so the Convergence Center, which right now, um, you know, is a training firm, but the vision for it is really to be a physical center, a training center, mm. have multiple ones around the world that leaders can come to refresh, refuel, and get equipped to really oh, the world. So to yeah. go out and, and continue in their calling. So <clears throat> when you, the, the, the training you do today, is, is that primarily for business owners or like the Alliance or is it, is it right. more, more for, okay, more for or it is well, it's them. not. The, the alliance is strictly for entrepreneurs. Yes. And not every, not every Christian entrepreneur. Entrepreneurs who are called to build something big. I'm really clear yes. about that. Yes. And then, uh, then the other pathways are like personal development, spiritual development, have a ton of stuff on fearlessness and um, purifying your heart and getting rid of the gunk in our souls and all that stuff so we can clear that old stuff. And then um, your personal development, your spiritual development, and your visionary development, getting clear about purpose, getting clear about vision. And then the alliance is where people like, okay, now I'm ready to build this thing. I'm ready to roll up my sleeves and do the work. Mm. So I have both sides of that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. So you've been in business a long time. You're doing all kinds of cool things. You, you, you started with a, a, what a wonderful uh, upbringing to see that in action. Um, my, my parents were also entrepreneurs, so I get it. Um, but w- surely there had to be some challenges along the way. So what were some of your biggest hurdles that you had to overcome as a business owner? Yeah. Well, you know, you're, we're always our first 
client, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we say that like, don't go try to change the world. Like get this right uh-huh. first. Uh-huh. Stay so, within your um, hula hoop. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So taking on myself is my first client. So really uh, had huge issues with fear. Uh, the, the other side of it, there's always the other side, right? You, you were in a successful entrepreneurial family, but as a child, there's a very high cost for that. Mm-hmm. And it means your parents are gone a lot. You know, you're on your own a lot. And um, so I had a lot of worthiness issues. I'm, yeah. I'm not worthy. I must not be good enough, especially for that daddy's love and attention. Oh yeah. my goodness. <laughs> and um, yeah, so those were some biggies. And then growing up in Washington state, not seeing people who looked like me, yeah. Not ever, you know, having the little boy with the crush on me, you know, and then literally getting chased every day at recess to, to be kicked or whatever. So all of that stuff, mm-hmm. like in the midst of that, knowing who I was, being solid in that and um, and not being defined. Gosh, I remember I remember a, a, a pivot point in my life in fifth grade. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. What, did, what are we like? 10 or 11 in fifth grade? Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All my friends made a pact that they were going to ignore me. And they, oh. I was just like the one they decided to hate that week. And um, I remember going home like, okay, how am I going to work this? How am I going to do this? And I mean, 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 mean girls times, you know, just mm. horrible things. And so I remember going home, talking to my, my, my sister about it, my parents. We created a strategy. Mm-hmm. And this is what you can do. And it started, and I look back now where I got free from people really early. I always had great friends, always had people, but I realized that you can't count on people to define your confidence, to give you Mm. permission. And so I remember at a young age going, okay, I never want to experience that again. And like, after like a month of completely ignoring me and treating me horribly, they were all like, oh, Erica, we just, we just decided we weren't going to like you, but we're good now. And I was like, really? So it was fascinating. So, so got some rough lessons as a young person yeah. um, about confidence. That was a huge thing for me. I, I never lost, you know, that pilot light of knowing there was greatness in me, mm-hmm. but just having it reflected on an ongoing basis um, in those formative years was, was a big, huge thing for me. And, um, you know, and I was in college before I realized, oh, perhaps, uh, you know, perhaps a guy would have a crush on me. That's not just because I'm, a nice personality, but you know, maybe I, you know, so just all that stuff. And then I just decided that if I was going to go on this self-love journey, Mm -hmm. I'm going to teach it and we're going to go on it together. And so I really started working with um, young ladies at college. We were about what, 17 or 18. Uh And I would have professors in and everything talking to us. Cause like, I'm not, I don't want other people to feel like this. And so um, working through my own stuff, Mm-hmm. And then the whole spiritual stuff, the heart purification, the getting truly delivered. Um, so I can not have a past trigger. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like your past yeah. is only there to equip you for your future, but your identity is not stuck in it. Yes. And so all of that has been a tremendous purpose, uh, tremendous for me. And then I raised my daughter as a single mom. Oh, and wow. Almost, in the midst of it, like th- that was not even on my worst nightmare list like yeah. it was beyond yeah. the nightmare yeah and um so I got a chance and at the time I was doing self-love love workshops and seminars and and like okay now you got to take this to a level of depth mm. that you never thought you'd have to go to and part of my story is that uh the father of my child married another woman when I was three months pregnant with her <gasps> oh yeah my it goodness. was just like like your worst nightmare come yeah. alive and so That took me deeper. I was doing transformational work at a young age, um, but really all of those things to overcome 
had me become immovable and unshakable and absolutely committed to mm. not, you know, to clearing your past so you can be present yeah. and build a future. So I've had to do, I, my sister used to joke. She's like, you do more self-work than anybody have ever met. And so I really do the work and have had mm. to do that for years. That's fantastic. Wow. Yeah. What a story. And I think many entre- people listening, founders, leaders, entrepreneurs can all relate. We've, you know, we've all had overcome something. And, and many times the, the more you're called to do great things, the, the, the more pulling you down, you know, as you're trying to go up. So um, it, it's nice to know that, that you can get through all that. Um, I'm curious. So, and I, I've been in business for 12 years and, and there's that passion and there's, you know, you got to have all that and you got to work through your junk, which I did the same thing. But at some point you have to be really strategic on how to grow a business. And, you know, the show is called the power of authority. And what I mean by authority is the, the ability to influence more people, which you're obviously doing. So what are some ways that you either help your, the, the women in your alliance or, or in the center or how you've done it yourself to really build your brand and build your business, um, you know, beyond just working internally, like what external things have you done? Yeah. Well, first, the, my mindset has been key, right? Because all I ever mm-hmm. wanted to do was build a business, be a speaker, do this, and then just go out and can I just do me? Yeah. And God was like, no, this is not about <laughs> you. It's about the thousands of people that you get to trailblaze for. Mm-hmm. So the business you're going to build is going to uplift people. So I wasn't, you know, like I, I, whenever I wanted to go do my thing and gosh, I just, I know how to book speaking engagements. Can I just book them and write the books and do my thing? And God Mm -hmm. was like, no, this is not about you. And so once I got clear about, you know, who I was called to be, and I'm called to multiply, Mm -hmm. I'm called to raise up, called to equip. Then I, I shifted all my business models. Cause when I started off, I started off in corporate. And then went to faith-based and then God's like, oh, and it's not even about you and faith-based. It, this yeah. is about creating systems and structures for people to thrive. If they get what I'm calling them to get, your overflow will be mm-hmm. what you want. Mm. And so it was a radical shift yes. of, of how I thought about business. And then the other thing was, I think I'm very methodical. And I think in terms of building now, So my children's children, I really believe that scripture that says a good man leaves an inheritance Mm. or his children's children. So what does do, you know, what am I building now? So my daughter's children um, can have what they need. So I'm all, so everything's taken longer doing it as a single mother. um, That's been huge. uh, But understanding my vision was never about me. And then understanding that um, it's about building something systematic that's, that's deeply founded so people can be immovable. Um, I've never done shallow well, never, never, yeah. you know, so everything I do is deep work, the deep work. Yeah. And then um, for me, it's about taking the guesswork out because you can go take this course over here, do this. Yeah. But how do you sequence it? How do you know when you're ready? How do you know when your business can get traction in that area? Mm. Um, so it was, it's all been about systems for me. And if I could put a business owner in the, in the front end of a system, yes. what is that system going to be to bring them out the other side? And so I've always thought differently. And as you know, that just takes longer mm-hmm. um, because you're building an infrastructure, you're building, you know, something else and someone else is just trying to get through their door. And I'm like, no, yeah. I'm building doors for others. Yeah. So that's been huge. And then team, 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 you know, cause we do way too much, Michelle. Uh-huh. And um, especially cause I had to build this very lean. And yeah. so I was like, okay, I can't afford to hire anybody. Mm-hmm. I'll figure it out. 
So then I realized that I got good at way too many things uh-huh. and I was my own stick point every single direction in my business. And so, um, so I really leaned in and I've always had BAs and help, yeah. but I would even stress my people out because I needed you to be good at 12 things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in order to pull this. Cause the vision is so massive. Any area yes. of it, I could work 80 hours a week. Right. Yes. And so I, it was actually watching, um, this is recent. This is only about four years ago. Uh-huh. I was watching this woman who built Laura. What is Laura's last name? But she built meet Edgar, uh, the, uh, the online distribution system. Mm. Introvert, um, the least likely person, if you were in a room that you would think is like the multimillionaire sitting in the room. Wow. Uh, and she built this business and she built it into a $4 million business in a year on maternity leave. Oh my goodness. Like, okay, wait a minute. Like, how do you how? <laughs> build a bit? You know what I mean? I'm like, okay, this is just, I'm just doing mm-hmm. too much. Mm-hmm. And so I dug and dug one day. I was like, how did she do it? I know what she did. How did she do it? How did she do it? And I had found the system she built, Meet Edgar, as an online distribution system mm-hmm. for social media, but I still didn't understand how did she do it. And I found like some obscure training talk she did at a conference. Uh-huh. And she said she had a totally different strategy other than having one or two people do 50 things. I needed 50 things done. So I hired 50 people to operate in their, in their lanes. And that's when things shifted. Interesting. And so I started to pay attention mm-hmm. to, you know, what's the too much that I'm doing mm-hmm. and getting me out of my genius and my highest and best use. And I started um, outsourcing much wider versus the stress of holding on to one or two um employees and I come to find out like I'm stressing them out anyway. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because exactly. I in this, oh, and that, and this, and this. And they're just like, ah, you need a team. Uh-huh. And so I said, okay. So I started, I radically shifted the way I was approaching project management mm. and moved from looking at employees to let me let me figure out the order, but yeah. let me get a team of people working. And that's when stuff really started to shift. And I'm still in that process, but that was I'd had like one VA for years that did all this stuff. I was stressing her out. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm stressed out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm stressed out. So that's when I shifted that and stuff really started to get traction. And that's really good. identifying where are the areas that I'm putting time in that I don't need to be. That's and what good. Can I get off the plate. Yeah. Mm, that is so good. And hopefully everyone's listening to that because that is one of the biggest problems. I know it was for me as well. You know, just yeah. because you can do it doesn't mean you should. And find the people who can and love doing the things you don't love to do, you know? And they can do it 50 times faster than you can anyway. So Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I need to wrap things up here. But if you were talking to somebody who is either on the verge of thinking like, maybe I do need to follow my genius, or maybe I do need to start that business, or maybe they're already in it and they're starting to get some traction and they're starting to feel that overwhelm of like, oh my gosh, is this worth it? What advice would you give to those people? Oh, I think it is so much easier to be the fullness of who you're called to be than it is to have to battle the stuff, deal with the junk, as you put it, Um, get the junk taken care of so you can understand, you know, who you are and what you're called to build. And then the execution part becomes easy. You're willing to do whatever it takes. Um, And I say the key is shifting from what I call your horizontal identity, right? Mm -hmm. So we're struggling with the family stuff and overcoming this and the lies and all that stuff that we've come to believe that leave us feeling inadequate, unworthy, incapable, which is not really who you are. So transplant your identity from your past 
to your vertical identity and who mm. God created you to be. So take time to access that and ask what I call kingdom questions to understand who am I? What did you create me to do? Mm -hmm. How much did you call me to steward? How many lives did you call me to touch? And once you start to get that impartation or that, that knowing back directly from mm -hmm. the one who created you changes everything. And so wow. take time to get that vertical identity and build, build, build. So, so good. I love that. Thank you, Erica, so much. I mean, we could talk, I think, for another I know, hour. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I know many people are going to want to get a hold of you after hearing this interview. So what's the best way for somebody to get in touch with you? Yes, you can go to erica-james.com and I spell my first name E-R-I-C-K-A-James.com and check out my show, y'all, the Erica James Show Life on Purpose. And it's all there. So you can see the courses, the shows and everything I'm up to. Awesome. Awesome. Again, that's Erica-James, E with E-R-I-C-K-A, James.com. And why don't you just leave us with one parting thought? Mm. I just hear the word greatness, just knowing that mm. there's greatness in you that needs to be expressed. And there's people that, you know, Michelle might say things, I might say things, but there's people that need your voice, your story, and your message, the way that they can only uniquely hear it and connect with their greatness through you. So don't let anything stop you from getting your work out in the world. Love it. Couldn't have said it better myself. So thank you, Erica, so much for being on the show. All right. We'll see everybody next time. Make it a great day. Thanks so much for listening to the Power of Authority Spotlight. If you are a successful founder, entrepreneur, business owner, or leader that's getting results and making a difference, and you'd like to be on this program, please visit performancepublishinggroup.com forward slash podcast to apply. That's performancepublishinggroup.com forward slash podcast. Also, if you got something out of this interview, please share this episode. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag, the power of authority spotlight. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content, so make sure you don't miss any episodes by subscribing. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our websites, performancepublishinggroup.com or michelleprince.com. And follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.